Hello, I'm George Kaler, TeaWithGeorge.com, and today's session of Get Real is with my old friends, Professor Steve Putney, history, constitution, if you want to know something, he's the go-to guy, and attorney Diane Gruber out there on the left coast. Before we begin, today we're sponsored by the Kaler Group Wealth Management. We've moved several million dollars into guaranteed accounts over the last, oh, roughly month and a half from clients who just are afraid of the market and because the world is on fire. I mean, just everywhere, they want to have some guarantees and they want something that's spendable. Have you ever tried to spend gold? Very difficult. And so what they wanted is it was a guaranteed return, guaranteed principal. They're more interested in the return of their money than the return on their money. It only pays about 5.5%. One of them pays 7.77%, but it's all guaranteed. Today, before we get into the discussion about the Texas situation and the brave, the bravery that we're seeing there from uh, Governor Greg Abbott down there, I want to bring up something. January 6th, which is now going to be known as Pelosi-gate, Steve, you you found out something about that mythical pipe bomb and how they're referring to the January six people as an insurrectionist and violent and all. What did what did you find out? Well, I've been listening to Darren Beatty, and I'm not sure his background, but he's involved with some website called Revolver dot something. I don't remember all of that, but anyway, he's been hot on the trail of what occurred on January the sixth. And we're all familiar with the supposed two pipe bombs, one outside the Republican headquarters and one out the Democrat. But I guess it's really the same building or buildings next to, door to each other where different congressional caucuses socialize. Anyway, <clears throat> what I learned this morning, not from Darren Beatty, but from Tom, Congressman Tom Massey, who was inspired to search for this, because of the influence of Darren Beatty, is that the person, and they've never been able to determine who was the one that actually placed the two pipe bombs where they were found, but what Tom Massey was, I don't know if it was yesterday or this morning, but it was this morning I heard it, it was actually an undercover United States Capitol policeman that placed the bombs there. You know, last they week, were, last week. They were phony bombs, you know. That's they right. could not go up off they were not they had no no dynamite or anything that was just part of theater that's right and then it seems to me as i find out more and more and the public's finding out more and more that this thing is unraveling sort of like watergate most powerful people in the world couldn't hold that conspiracy together very long and we're seeing it unravel now. I know that having been on the, the grounds there on ca- on January 6th, I didn't go into the Capitol because I was warned off by a friend who could see the FBI plants and Antifa were running the thing. We could see it was a trap. And we didn't go in. But I'm really hoping this thing falls apart and those poor people that were invited in will be released from prison. But now the question but now the question is why did the deep state plant two phony bombs they were just sticks of wood painted red why did they plant those at the RNC and the DNC that's the question 
I think that's too, add, just props, adding to the theater. If you've ever done theater, I've been in two plays, the same play. One when I was uh, 20, I played a uh, jet in West Side Story. And 50 years later, I played Officer Krupke in West Side Story. <laughs> sort of bookends on my life there, but the pipe bombs were just theater. They were props. But I think it's interesting that there was one found at both Republican and Democratic headquarters. You could, from the left's perspective, you could understand one being placed in, near the Democratic headquarters, but the Republicans? That think, didn't make sense. Well, think a little bit further. I think they wanted the Republicans angry at Trump being a, yes. a guy who was creating an insurrection, which none of that was true at all. He called for the National Guard. The uh, Capitol Policeman, a chief, he was being interviewed on Tucker, and he had called on January the 3rd. He said, we need National Guard to make sure there's no violence here. And he was turned down by Pelosi. It's falling apart, and there's going to yes. be a lot of uh, victims from this released from prison. Today, let's talk about Governor Abbott, and uh, I am so pleased about him. Now, Steve, you think he's been influenced by his, what, attorney general? Yes. Uh, talk Paxton. to us about that. Ken Paxton has been tried in the fire and has proven he's made of good steel, uh, and he has a backbone. You know, he was attacked, what, as early as 2015 for some fraudulent activity that really was fabricated. He was There was an attempt to, to impeach him, spearheaded by the Bush family of Texas, and he survived that. So he's not afraid. It's like he's David. He's not afraid to go against the Goliath, the deep state. He attempted to do so back in 2020 with the Supreme Court case Texas versus Pennsylvania, which again, the court responded in that emergency order, just like they did in this emergency order, I don't remember the, the count. I don't think I, I don't know if I ever saw the, what the count was in the 2020 order, uh, but we know this one was a five to four with no opinion or justification for how each member ruled. Uh, and the same was the case in the Texas versus Pennsylvania case of 2020. I don't think he's one that's going to back down. I think he's principled. I think he stands on truth, stands for truth from a Christian perspective understands the Constitution, and that Texas and all states have the reserve sovereign power to defend themselves in the event that the national government fails to do so, as is outlined in Section or Article 1, excuse me, Article 4, Section 4, uh, one of the guarantees that uh, each state of the Union is guaranteed of. And since the national government has absconded or abrogated its responsibility, the states have the due right to pick it up themselves based on Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3, and he did so. You know, going back to the Bible on this, we're Christians here. Ken Paxson's a Christian, is he not? Yes. Jesus told us, be sure to count the cost in following him. And we're, we saw that with Ken Paxson of Texas when he was impeached, and, and they wanted to get rid of him, and they failed at that. But it, was, it must have been just horrible for him. And he, was, he has paid a cost. There's something called price versus eternal cost. He was willing to pay the price. The price was a temporary price. 
he was not willing to pay the eternal price or cost in this case of going along with the flow and just, okay, I'll allow this evil to happen. No, he wouldn't allow it. Now, uh, we have Governor Abbott sticking to his guns and standing up to Biden saying, hey, we have the power of the federal government. We're going to we're going to come and we're going to get you for this. Diane, you've been studying on this some. We were talking earlier. What's what's going to happen here in Texas? Well, I think politically, can you envision what would happen to the Biden regime politically when Americans on their television sets and their computers and whatnot, that he has sent the army down there to Texas with their guns to maybe even shoot American citizens, to shoot at the Texas National Guard or, or whoever's down there, the, the Texas Rangers and so forth. I mean, just the specter, never mind actually shooting, the specter of them, him ordering the army down there politically, that's it for him. And in some ways, I wish he would, because that's the end of that's the end of his presidency. You don't have to be a diehard Trump hater to realize that that is authoritarianism. That is how dictators behave when some, you know, a city or a state doesn't toe the the dictator's line. He just comes in and, you know, punishes everybody. That that's I mean, that's just my political take on it. I did have a question for Steve. It's my understanding that technically the president, well, okay, he was sworn in. He wasn't properly elected, but he was sworn in. So I'll call him President Biden, that he has the authority over the Texas National Guard and and the South Dakota National Guard and the other National Guards that the states have sent down there. Is that not correct, That's Steve? That's correct. Now, but it says why he when the militia can be called forth. And it's only for one of three reasons. Would his justification fall under one of those three reasons for calling forth a militia? To execute the laws of the land, to right. repel an invasion, or uh-huh. to suppress an insurrection? It doesn't, doesn't fit, does it? I guess, I guess um, <clears throat> maybe politically speaking, he could pretend that this is an insurrection. The state of Texas is uh, initiating an insurrection. But like I said, going back to the, the specter, the specter of the army moving in on a state like that. Uh, and if anything happens, if even one person is shot, that's the end of his presidency. That's the end of it. Well, I would argue that his presidency is ended anyway. The Democrats want to get rid of him because their alternative, Harris, is worse than Biden himself. Have you read yeah. the uh, biography yeah. from Willie Smith? Brown, Willie Brown. Willie, Willie Brown, yeah, Smith, Brown, Brown, Johnson, yeah. okay, <laughs> Brown, <laughs> Willie Brown. Speaker, Speaker and, of the uh, House in uh, California for a long time. Oh, talking about Harris, Kamala Harris, and yeah. her rise mm-hmm. to power. Pretty sordid. She she made her deals on her back. Yes. And well, that's was, why she's so mindless. She has no substance. She has no principles, no substance. She can't even hardly talk. Well, she didn't even get one primary vote. And yet there she is as uh, vice president. Yeah, they're afraid they don't want her in there for sure. And I, you know what? I consider that the political mystery of the ages. I can't understand when you've got the oldest by far presidential candidate, by far, by far, 
already having dementia back in 2019, obvious dementia, why they didn't choose more carefully his vice president. Even if he was healthy, it's not unique to have an 80-year-old or 81-year-old just croak, just gone. I, I, I don't understand why they did not pick somebody that could take over for him and then run in his stead the next time around. I mean, that's kind of how it was, how it's done. I mean, that's how George H.W. Bush got into the White House because he was Reagan's vice president. I mean, that's just one example, but I just don't get it. I, 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 there's plenty of black women who can talk. (laughs) (laughs) Who can talk (laughs) and who did rise to where they are on their backs. Whatever. I mean, granted, there's all kinds of them. I won't name all of them now. And they do not include Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams. Uh, That's a, that's a whole other story in Georgia there. I was talking the other day, senatorial candidate, uh, John Emord, he's running against Tim Kaine. The I saw Tim Kaine's advertisement. I got one in the mail. And he said the main thing that's wrong with all his opponents is that they believe there was election fraud that brought Mr. Biden into the presidency. And all the uh, competition that, that Tim Kaine has does not believe that the January 6th people were actual insurrectionists. Now, Diane, a little bit ago, you you talked about people would be repelled by seeing uh, actual people being shot by the national... I don't know if that's true or not, because after January the 6th, I saw comedians on TV and the audiences applauding when they said, we need to execute, we need to publicly hang those people that were there at the Capitol on January 6th, and the audience was approving... I don't know. America's changed to the point where they may want to see blood if it is conservative blood. Steve? I think there may be a few in that, fall in that category, but I do not think that's where most Americans are. Mike Lindell yesterday, you know, and he's big on election interference by manipulating the vote count on the various machines that are used to tabulate vote. And I didn't quite follow all that Mike was saying yesterday, he talked about there was some way they can determine by algorithm or whatever how many votes were transferred from one candidate to the other and not necessarily a full vote above my pay grade to understand. But what he did say was that what they've determined, what he and his experts have determined, that I think it was in 2000 they said... 40% of the country was red, and now, he says, when you look at how people have been awakened, it's almost 68% of the country actually is red in terms of population. Okay, because landmass, it's like 95% is red. And just the cities. The dying cities, I might add. The dying, crime-ridden cities. That's beyond belief. Yes, and that's the reason that we don't want to eliminate the Electoral College. Because if it's just based on popular vote, the big cities are going to control it. Our forefathers yes. knew that. Yes. They yes, were visionary, they understood that. George. Mm. Yes. Uh, how, how could they see what was going to happen down the road? By the way, I think they'd all be rolling on their in their graves if they saw what we had made oh, of the yes. country that they gave us. You know, yes. Alexis de Tocqueville said back in the mid-1700s, as he toured America, he said, 
I don't see America's greatness in their factories or in their armies or in their farmland. He said, I see it in their churches. Right. He said, America is great because America is good. When America ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. You know what? I'm glad you mentioned De Tocqueville, George. As I understand it, we can no longer get copies of De Tocqueville's, what, three volumes, four volumes, I don't recall, the way he wrote them. They have rewritten them and removed all references he made to Christianity and Christians that he found in America. If you were to order one today, that's it would be a rewrite where it would be abridged. It, they took out the, the, the so-called scholars at the, at the elite universities decided that they didn't like the message that his original made, and you can't get them anymore. That's one of the reasons I admire the John Birch Society. They have perhaps the largest library on earth of original volumes mm-hmm. that you can digitally change anything. We were talking about digital money and the slavery it could bring to America a few weeks ago. Now that books can be digitized and, and so on, there's a repository of books mm-hmm. such as the Turkeville and, and uh, 1984 and so on. The left really wants to change the wording. And, oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, the John Birch Society and others are preserving mm-hmm. it. Diane, you've been studying the Constitution lately, and you already, <laughs> you already knew it pretty well. Just to keep up with Steve, trying to. <laughs> okay. What do you see happening if there's a, an actual fight down there? How do you see Texas surviving oh. that? Oh, my. You mean a fight with weapons? Well, an ideological fight right now, but yeah, it may come to weapons. But what's going to happen? Um, well, do they so have far, a... so far, uh, Texas and the other states are winning. I would call it a win because the deadline that that uh, Biden set has already passed. I think the Biden, the I think Biden's deadline was last Friday or Saturday or something. Well, today's Wednesday, so uh, the, he's already missed his deadline. You know. His uh, his line red line in the sand, as it were. I think they're scrambling in the White House to try to figure out what to do uh, in this in this election year. They I would call all those states that stood up, I, and I am so proud of those states for standing right. up with Texas, and that includes, of course, South Dakota, where we have a place and we spend a lot of time. I am so proud of them for doing that. See, he wouldn't just be fighting Texas. Technically, he'd be fighting. What is it? Twenty-seven states now. They're twenty-six, no. twenty-five, twenty-five, and then count mm-hmm. Texas as twenty-six. Well, I think they added a couple more since oh, really? uh, that that count came in. But the think on that, I think he's already lost. I don't think he dares. I don't think he dares do anything. If he did, if we've got okay. twenty, twenty-five, or twenty-six states against this, and he sent the military against yeah. twenty-six states, that would be the very definition of a civil war. Another civil war. Yeah. I, I saw a, a demonstration just about two years ago of some good old boys. They were having a demonstration in favor of something or against something. I forgot what the cause were, but they were there. And they didn't have weapons. But the state sent in an armored vehicle with weapons. They were ordered to lie on the ground. And they immediately went on the ground because they yeah. were facing machine guns and an armored yeah. vehicle. 
Now, with armored vehicles, you don't stand a chance. There's no way. And it doesn't matter how many there are of you. They could oh, send the big, oh, they could oh, send the big oh, guns down there. Oh, George, the specter of armored tanks rolling in to Texas? Wow. I don't know if they care anymore what the, what the visuals are from what, what I've seen lately. Steve, well, but, oh, wow. you know, Biden can't even count on his border patrol carrying out his executive order at this point. Bingo. Look what their yep. union, they, the, the border patrol union, I forget the exact name of it now, has said they support Texas. That's true. So That's Brandon <clears throat> Judd is the president of that uh, border patrol union. Yeah. And yeah, they're standing with Texas. And and what I what comes to my mind, if if Biden were to send the U.S. regulars in, how many of those can he trust to support him? It makes me well, think. It makes me think back of the conflict in the Philippines in the 1980s. You know, the Filipinos were so sick of the corruption of Marcos and his wife's what two thousand pairs of shoes or something like Imelda. that. Yeah. Imelda. Yeah. Imelda. Yeah. <laughs> and so the shoe lady. What was it? I forget how two million people show up. I forget the name of the of the boulevard there in Manila. And so he calls he calls the military and the tanks show up. But what did the tank what what did the Filipino soldiers do? They supported the people. Yes. And Marcos had to had to flee for his own safety. I do not think that Marxists, I'm gonna call them what they are, that are controlling the national government today have enough support that they can pull off their complete overthrow of the United States as we know it, yet. They're thinking we can. I remember uh, Boris Yeltsin. He was being attacked. They were going to overthrow the, overthrow the Russian government. Russians were seeking freedom, and they were dropping communism at the time. KGB sort of took them back afterwards. But the rebellion against Yeltsin, the soldiers stayed in their barracks. And I know quite a bit about that because a a friend of mine from Lynchburg here helped in that effort to keep the Russians, the soldiers, from leaving their barracks. And so the fight against Yeltsin was sort of, they were on their own and they just stopped. And so Yeltsin was not overthrown. And world history might have been changed there if he had been overthrown. They wanted to go back to old-fashioned style communism. We're going to need to wrap this up fairly soon. What do we see that the average American citizen can do? I mean, we have to throw the bumps out. Have we reached critical mass there where there's just not enough of us where we can throw the bumps out? By means of election? Elections, yes, I would hope. Impeachments? uh, What are we going to do? I, we don't trust elections much anymore. Not anymore, no. And can we for 2024? If we haven't cured the problem with the Dominion voting machines, and especially with vote by mail, where anybody who wants to can just vote by mail, is that constitutional even? No, pe- it's not. I mean, Article 1, Section 2, Clause 2, leaves it up to the state to determine how the electors are chosen. But if you look at Clause 4 of Section 2 of Article 1, it says Congress may determine the day, and Congress did legislatively in the 1840s. 
And the day is the first Tuesday. I see. It's, it's the first. I forget the exact wording, but it's Tuesday after the first Monday or something like. I forget. Exactly. Yes, yes, the Tuesday after the first Monday <clears throat> yeah. of November. And why? Why is it that even Republican leaders don't bring that to the attention of the American people? I'm not sure. Last week, I think it was Monday. One of my Tea Time radio spots. You can get them at teawithgeorge.com if you if you're not a subscriber yet. I, I talked about the CDC, and they found internal emails from 2021 showing that the CDC saw that there was an extraordinarily high incidence of cardiovascular problems after the shot. And so I talked about that, and then I started getting emails and messages yeah, I lost my mother after the shot. I lost my brother after the shot. Well, I, in my own case, two of my friends lost their wives immediately after the vaccination. So that is beginning to unravel yes. the COVID. But a lot of people think the COVID fraud was brought about to have mail by vote to get rid of Trump and to get rid of other Republicans and conservatives that were impeding their takeover. Well, the timing was suspicious. Now, think on that a minute. It was quite literally, it was unleashed upon America uh, just as the first impeachment hoax was dying. He was winning, you know, the Senate did not, you know, convict uh, President Trump. It literally, I mean, it's like bam, 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 one hoax after another after another. I've been very suspicious since the get-go, knowing that we funded this research in China, and China released it. I do not believe it was a leak, to be candid with you. I, I don't accept that. I think that was released on purpose, in part because the Chinese government would not allow people who lived in Wuhan to travel out of the city uh, you know, internally. However, they were allowed to fly from Wuhan to the United States. And indeed, the first outbreak on the West Coast, maybe it was the entire United States, I don't recall, was a man who flew from Wuhan to SeaTac Airport in Seattle and went to visit somebody at a nursing home. And the whole nursing home, I mean, I don't know how many actually died, but they had to put that on lockdown. They were all sick and so forth. And I think the man eventually died, too. And he was not old. I think he was in his 30s. So I'm very suspicious of the timing of it. That I mean, that's just it. And, and, and then why? Why did we need, why did humanity need an artificial virus? Don't we have enough natural viruses to deal with? I have never had that explained at all. They never even tried to explain why they needed an artificial virus. I think I'm hearing a, a subject for a future podcast here. Get okay. real. But we're going <laughs> to, Diane and Steve, I don't know if we've scratched the surface here, but we're going to see some exciting things happening here in Texas. And I'm not sure they're going to be exciting in the right way, but I'm hoping that... Uh, the fire is going to start spreading. Thank you, Steve Putney, Professor of History and Constitution, and Attorney Diane Gruber out there in Washington for joining us today on Get Real. Tell your friends to tune into the podcast. If 
Go to tiwachorge.com, get real. And these one half hour educational podcasts are meant for you, for all patriotic Americans. We can take back this country. So God bless your day, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you, George. Thank you.